0: So on this Mother's Day, uh, what we wanted to do was really thank God for these incredible women. And society is woven together and stays together because of family structures. And family goes as society goes. And a key part of the families are moms. And so we're so gracious and grateful and thankful. We're thankful for women who lead as Uh, mother roles of many people even if they don't have their own children so the women in our society we want to say thank you and for your incredible blessing so with that we have a special uh, time that we've allotted today and we wanted to hear the stories and just get to know the heart of some of these incredible ladies and we have three women uh, that we'll be sharing and the last one Thelma is not here but she immediately said yes, and she said, can I have it in writing? So she wrote it out, and her very friend, uh, good friend Doris will be reading it on her behalf as proxy. So at this time, I'd like to invite a special lady in my life uh, who's been an incredible mom and who's been holding our family together, and her name is Kathy Coe. And uh, as, she, as they come up, um, we'll be share- hearing their stories of motherhood.
1: Hello, my name is Kathy. Uh, I have three kids, Michelle, and Jamie, and Ethan. And um, I had this expectations of what being a mother was going to be like, and what kind of mom I was going to be. So I thought before I had kids, I said, "Oh, I'm never going to let my kids watch TV. They're not going to be a babysitter for me." And I thought, "Oh, I only have I'm going to have one or two, and that's enough for me." Um, and I had all these expectations of, and you know, what kind of kids they're going to be too. They're going to be well-behaved kids, and whenever we go to grocery store, they're not going to be screaming, they're not going to have a fit, and they're going to walk with me side by side, and they're going to sleep in the stroller. And once I had kids, I realized I cannot control them, and they have mind of their own for sure. Um, I ended up having three, which was a lot more than I thought I could handle, and. Um, I said, guy, why? Why three kids? I, I think that's too many. But um, he had his plans for, for me to grow as a person, as a child of God, why he gave me three kids. And I found out that pretty quickly that I had to have a TV to babysit my kids. <laughs> because Jamie would not sleep unless it's a complete silence. And only way to keep Misha, who is very active um, child, to keep her quiet was to have a TV on. So um, it just, every expectations, it just went, it was just not my, my what I desired um, with my kids. And even at groceries, three of them are always fighting. They're still fighting when they go to groceries. So um, with that, throughout all the years of being a mother, God really taught me many things, more than anything else. Um, when I think about how much I love my kids, um, I realize how much God loves me, because I'm only human, and I love them this much. And I'm thinking, how much more the God who created me will love me and um, send his son and only son for me. And when I think about that, I get so overwhelmed And whenever I feel like I know what's best for my kids, I think about if God is the creator of heaven and earth and the universe, and he created every which one of Michelle, Jamie, and Ethan, and how he created them wonderfully and fearfully with so much love and plans for them, I think my desire for them and what's best for them is beyond what I could even you know, I have my expectations and my thoughts, but I know that God's plans are much greater. And um, I think it's such a privilege that I get, I get to be part of what God is doing in my kid's life. And I think about how I am just a store of taking care of my kids until they're fully grown. And even as now, I see Michelle and how much she hasn't matured and she's got really mind of her own. And um, there are times where we butt head, and I'm thinking, I know what's best for you. And I, when I pray, I realize I don't. And God knows what's best for her. And um, I can't help it but to always go to God and say, God, I'm not equipped to be a mom. I was never trained to be a mom. Every day is a new day where I don't know what's going to come. They come home with struggles from school with their friends. Um, their personal, whatever things that they're dealing with. And a lot of times I feel like I don't know what to say or how to guide them or what to do. But I think, you know, when I trust in God and and really rely on Him, um, I feel like, okay, I could do this. And um, even every night, even to now, it's been... My oldest one is 11, so I've been mom for 11 years. With the pregnancies 12 years. Um, every night I go to bed and thinking, did I do enough for my kids? Did I do things right? I think about, oh, I said I'm never going to scream at my kids today, and I did it again. And I think about all the things that I did wrong, and I realize, you know, it, I'll never be a perfect mom, and I always have that guilt. But I, one day I heard it on the Focus on the Family, um, and one of the guest speakers said, even if you are a perfect mom because your kids are sinners and they're born as sinners, they will never be perfect. And that gave me such a relief and feeling like I'm not raising my kids. It's God who's doing it. And all I need to do is submit to him and do my best to be in relationship with him so that I could guide my kids. And um, so with that... um, I think God, I really believe that God is my strength. And I would not be able to be a mother um, without feeling guilty or feeling like I'm not good enough without God working in my life and giving me encouragement and giving me strength and saying, keep going because that has, God has a great plan for my kids. And, um, and I see my kids... Um, being molded by God, they're like the clay um, that God is working. He's molding them every day, and I am so excited to see um, how what God's going to create. You know, if they might be a cup or they might be a plate, and they might use be used in many different ways. But I know that God's going to use them greatly, and that gives me such a comfort. And I just pray and hope that our kids as they grow that they will seek God's mission and they live for God's mission, not for um, parents' mission to make Jason and myself happy, not for their own mission to make themselves happy, but ultimately that they will live out God's mission because I know that's the place where they want to be, and that's the place that will be the best place to be in um, under God's guidance and his provision. So um, I'm still learning to be a mom. I don't think it ever ends. Every day is a new day. Every day is feeling guilty, um, feeling like I'm not good enough or I'm not doing enough. But I, I'm so grateful to God that he gave me a privilege to raise three beautiful kids. And I'm so thankful that God is working in their life and molding them and There are times when I see them and how much they're asking questions about God and growing. It just gives me such a joy. So thank you for giving me a time to share.
0: Can I get your phone number later? Okay. Um, So inappropriate. Uh, So... Kathy is one of the moms who are starting out with children young age, and we wanted to hear of moms from different stages. And uh, we're so excited about the Tipton family. Carla has two daughters, and she'll be coming up. But one just was married last year, uh, Miss Jessica Rose. And this June, June, July? July, July, her her first daughter Marissa is engaged to be married, and her fiance is right there. the Don't mess with him. And so I'd like to invite Carla Tipton to come up and share her story uh, as a mother. Let's welcome her up.
2: Apparently I'm older, so I got to use my glasses. Um, First and foremost, I just want to give glory to God. It's a very emotional thing for me, but um, to be standing here, being a mom, is everything I ever wanted to be. So to be here and to know that God trusted me to bring two beautiful girls into the world is, is pretty amazing. So like I said, from the time I was little, all I ever wanted to do was be a mom, and so after Scott and I had been married for a few years, we just decided, like, okay, we're just going to give this to God, and it's, it's God's timing of when we're going to have children. Ironically, about a week after that, I was in a car accident, <laughs> and uh, we went to the hospital, and they said, well, we need to do some x-rays, so um, is there any chance that you're expecting? And I said, no, not, no chance at all. And they said, okay, well, we just have to do a test just to make sure. I said, okay. So the doctor comes in the room and says, congratulations, you're expecting. So I was um, in complete disbelief and, and just giddy all at the same time. So shortly after Marissa was born, uh, I had to go back to work. And it was horrible. I, and I was terrible. I, I, can't, I didn't handle it well at all. But fortunately enough, I had the greatest mother-in-law in the world. And and many of you know her, Betty Tipton. She was the most godly example of just the perfect mom to me. And, uh, sorry, Um, she taught me how to truly love children. And not just loving on them, but to teach them, to teach them life lessons and so beautifully Um, And she taught me how to discipline my children in a way that builds them up and doesn't tear them down. She taught me the greatest gifts. Um, So then we had Jessica. So Mercy was only eight months old when we found out we were having another baby, which, again, I was in a little bit of a disbelief. But, again, I'm just so thankful to God for his timing on so many things. I lost my, my mom very young, and... The fact that she got to see both of her granddaughters was truly a blessing. Um, Sorry. Anyways, so after Jessica was born, greatest gift in the world. I get to be a stay-at-home mom. I was a stay-at-home mom for over 10 years, and it was truly a gift. Um, I also had the great privilege of helping to raise other children. Sometimes we had 10 kids at our home. It was everything, and I babysat them. And as a mom, I wanted nothing more than to be that home that not only my children, but other children wanted to be at, that they wanted to hang out. And, and I got that, and, and again, it was just truly a privilege. We also, Scott and I, um, had the privilege of helping to raise our nephew, who's a son to me. He had a rough life. And today, he's a, he's a grown man with a family of his own and happy, and, it, and it's just a joy to be um, a part of that. Um, I would want to say that it takes a village. Uh, you know, I have, a, I have a wonderful husband, and his, his bond with the girls is unparalleled. And um, But most importantly, God... You know, I think about some of the dumb things I did in raising the girls. And had it not been for God's direction and guidance, I can't even imagine the mistakes that I would have made. But with his with His guidance and his love and his grace, um, I get to see two beautiful girls who are now making such an impact on this world through their teaching and coaching. Um, I, I am particularly grateful for so many people in this church who have had such an impact on my children. Marvin Anderson, who is their adopted grandpa um, and the Inmans who have touched their lives in so many ways and so many others in this church and Betty Morlock that some of you know, um, through her teachings and caring for our family when my mother-in-law was so sick. I look at my children now, and I've loved every stage. I loved it when they were newborns. I never had that stage of the terrible twos or the teenage years. I loved every stage. And I look at them now, and um, again, as Pastor Jason mentioned, Jessica being married and Marissa about to be married. These These are miraculous times. And from the time that your children... Are not even born. You, you begin to pray for their partner in life. I could not ask for better people for them, for Curtis and Andre. So I'm just so grateful. Uh, lastly, is, in my encouragement is don't get too caught up in teaching your children, just learn from them. Some of my greatest lessons in life have been what I learned from my children. They've taught me to forgive, and they've taught me to um, to love God by witnessing their own relationship with Christ, which is just truly beautiful. So now, I get to look forward to being a grandmother, <laughs> hoping sooner, and you know, it's, it's all God's timing, remember that. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't planning on my timing, <laughs> and, uh, and God, God dictates that, and I'm, I'm just reminding you of that. So, um, and, and my cup runneth over, it's what we've always said, and my cup truly runneth over. Thank you.
0: so much. So, uh, Curtis, the uh, clock is on. So, <laughs> And uh, Thelma Donovan was, uh, was asked, and she didn't even hesitate. She said, I would love to share. Uh, I'm not going to be there, but I would love to share. And I said, how are you going to share? She said, I'll write it out. Would that be okay? And so she wrote out an <laughs> incredibly beautiful letter. And um, uh, I couldn't think of anyone else better to read it uh, in her Hugh Crewe, uh Doris Saladay, as she comes up. Can we welcome Doris, who will be reading the letter for that.
3: Good morning. Hope I do, Thelma Justice. Mother's Day, trusting in God, following his commandments, and seeking his guidance through prayer and belief in your heart, that he cares. This mother, having an ongoing relationship with God from childhood, thanks be to my mother and grandmothers, I was able to show my children God's love, guiding them through their growing years into understanding their way to a good life is through prayer and obeying God's commandments. There were times of questioning, distress, Health issues, decisions about choices of careers, education, job opportunities. By discussion, prayers, and trust in God's will, not ours, we together saw a way to achieve, still believing and depending on God for guidance. As a mother, I've had joy, concerns, some failures but always the comfort of knowing God, my Lord and Savior, will prevail. I am blessed by his love and the knowledge that my children, grown now, know our Father in heaven. Um, I like how she's always there for me when I'm sad or I have someone
1: to talk to. I like how she's always there working all the time.
0: All the food that they make for us.
1: Sometimes she walks Pokemon with me.
2: Oh, yeah, she's always there for me.
4: That she brushes my hair and she does my hair and she makes me to school. She buys stuff
2: for me. Oh, I love my my mom takes the time to take me to school every day. She takes care of
4: me. Um, she's caring. She's nice and kind. Um, she helps me when I'm frustrated with my hair.
1: Um, she takes care of me and she supports me. She's
3: um, she takes care of everyone. they um, take, you always look out for me and take care of me. Um,
4: she cares about us. She helps us with
1: things that we struggle with and help. She's a love Because she takes me to the store. What's one thing you love about your mom? Everything! And what's one thing you want to say to all moms and women on Mother's Day? I
3: hope they have a good Mother's Day.
4: You're wonderful. I
2: love you. I love you. I'd like to thank them all for working so hard and
4: taking care of us, even though... You don't listen all the time. That they
3: are good
0: moms? Thank you for working hard for us. Thank you. Thanks
3: for all that you do for us. Thank you for taking care of us. You're all awesome, and keep up your good work at and stuff.
4: Thank you for doing uh, all the things that you've been that you know is good for us. Um, even though we might
0: not know at first what you're doing, you're always thinking for the best of us. So thank you, all moms out there.
3: Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Who has Happy Mother's
4: Day? Ooh, happy Mother's Day.
0: So um, let's do this now before I just wrap up this with a short, short message. Um, There's a mom or a woman next to you, and she doesn't have to be a mom, but we just want to put your hand out. If she's close enough and she doesn't mind, you could touch her. But we want to pray for these dear women in our lives. And you don't have to have born a children to make an impact as a mother in many ways. As Carla was saying, there are so many adopted grandparents. So at this time, we just want to take a moment in our church to pray for you all, ladies, for all the incredible sacrifice, literally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we want to just bless you. So church, let's pray for these women. And uh, just take a short moment to just pray in, in your own words, and then I'll close us. God, we are in awe of you and all these wonderful women in our society, and there are millions more who are unseen, who are not in the spotlight, who do incredible sacrifice, special work, and in our land and around the universe, we know, Lord God, there's, there's something unique about mother's love that, that just can't be um, artificial, and so we praise you for giving us these ladies, for them holding together for them bearing through the storm for them weathering all the doubt the the struggles even the failures and to see you be able to pick them up and keep them going and for sustaining their faith their life and their families and lord we're never out of the woods so i pray god that even now the women in this very room that you would lay upon your hand upon their lives and heart to know that they may know that you're a God who is for them, who is with them, who is rooting for them and cheering for them, and who loves them dearly. And God, what you have started in us through Jesus Christ, that you're going to see into completion. And that extends to every aspect of our lives, including motherhood and parenthood and just being women who are mentors. So we thank you, God, for letting us really be a church and a community that sees the importance, the value, and that this Mother's Day is merely a spotlight of the 365 days of the year we appreciate these incredible women. And in them, we see a sliver of your incredible grace. We love you, God. Lift them up to you. Bless them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, just wrapping this up, um, you know, the, today's text was from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and this is a text that really spotlights a human reality. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever been in trouble or been in need because of work or schoolwork. Raise your hand if, Raise your hand if you ever fell hard and you just felt like, I can't get up. I need someone to help me. And I, I think about little Jared here, um, Little Jared, one Sunday she came to church and she went home and she had a heat, this heat, heat just got to her and she fell. And, and we're thankful to the grace of God that as a car was driving by, a little, was it a 12-year-old boy? Saw her lying in the driveway and they turned around and they had the sense to pick her up. She literally was saved <laughs> that day because of somebody else being there. And so how many of you were were cold and you felt like you were alone and somebody was there to just be there for you, to hold you, to keep you warm, whether it be physically? And so these are the needs that we have. And then the last one Ecclesiastes writer says is, the times that we're attacked, the times that we're in trouble, times that we've been hurt, there's a protector. And how many have heard the term the mother bear syndrome? You know, she, the mother bear came out. And so Ecclesiastes writer is saying, in life, it does take a village. You can't do it alone. In life, there, are, there will be times of trials and failures, of struggles. We need somebody to say, get up. Get up. You could do it. I'm going to be here for you. We need people in our lives to say, here, you're alone. You're not going to fight this alone. I will be here for you. And so this triggers, I learned, in our brain <laughs> that the middle part of your brain, your memories are directly tied to, guess what? Your emotions. Your emotions and memory are the same part of the brain. So when we see and think about these things, it triggers the emotions that we had growing up. And I think for Mother's Day, this text is so relevant because I can't think of anybody in society, now this is generalization, of course, but who are known for these four things. I will fight for you, and I will protect you. I will help you whenever you're in trouble. I will feed you, sometimes a little too much. But I will feed you. I will keep you warm. And when you fall, I'm going to be the first there to say, get up. Get up. You can get up. And so we honor you, moms, and we thank parents. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four have to do with God. And what's the very next one? Honor your mothers and fathers. Because God has established parents as the crucial piece of society after God. And so moms, we don't hear it enough. And dads, too, we will have our day. I'm not sure the moms will be singing as <coughs> beautiful as us today. But, but we, um, we are amazed at parents, in particular mothers today. And I want to just wrap this up by saying this. Verse 9, it says, Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. Verse 11. Also, if two lie down, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then it ends really weird. What's the common word that we just heard? Say it loud. Two. Two are better than one. And he's writing this idea that you can't do it alone. And he writes, two are better than one. Two are better than one. And he ends with this. I thought it was strange. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So I'm curious why he didn't say a cord of two strands. There's a cord of two two strands. That's stronger than a cord of one. And he ends with this idea of a cord of three strands. And a lot of biblical scholars have interpreted it as this, and I couldn't believe it. Both Thelma, Carla, and Kathy shared it. It's incredible being a mother, and it's hard. And it's important being a mother. But all three of them said there is a secret weapon. There's a secret power. And who is that secret power? God. And so we come together to celebrate mothers because in the mothers we see the power of God modeled in their grace, in their sacrifice, unconditional love. And in their ability and desire to become as faithful mothers and when they stumble and fall, Whose strength is the one that keeps them going? It's the power of God. And so the cord of three strands is this. We need somebody who loves us unconditionally in this world. And God has placed them in your lives. Are they perfect? No. But there is one who is a third cord in your life and my life that makes this relationship work together. And it is our Lord Jesus Christ. That God binds us together. And families are great without God. And in the world we see wonderful families. But Ecclesiastes writers are saying this. But you don't want to know the secret of a true blessed life. Is a mother and father who loves their kids and kids who love their parents. A society who supports and walks each other. Held together by the cord of three. That God is the strand that binds us together. Carla, thank you for sharing that phrase. It takes a village. And if you look at the community around us right now, we need each other to grow the next generation of children together. Amen? Amen. We need moms and dads to step up as spiritual leaders. And we have people who are their peers walking together and saying, I know how hard it is, but as the Ecclesiastes writer says, when you fall, I'm going to be here to say, you can do it. Get up. Because our God is a God who went down and he got up. So church, on this Mother's Day, may you bless your moms, but may we be reminded that in our society we can't do it alone and that God has given us. Lord, as we turn our hearts to You and to Jesus Christ to be the glue, the fabric, as Colossians one seventeen says, He is not only the Creator, but He's the One who holds the whole universe together. May Jesus, may You hold our families together, may You hold our hearts together, and may You hold all the.
4: Thy faithfulness, O Lord my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not, Thy compassions they fail not. As Thou hast been Thou forever will be Great is Thy faithfulness Great is Thy faithfulness Morning by morning Your mercies I see All I have need Thy hand hath provided Great is Thy faithfulness Unto me Summer and winter And springtime and harvest Sun, moon and stars In their As above, join with all nature in manifold witness. Hail thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning you blesses I see. All I have needed, Thy hand. Approach. Blessings all mine With ten thousand beside Thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning Your mercies I see All I have need Thy hand hath provided Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me
0: Lord, we thank You again for Your marvelous miracles around us. The gift of life, salvation, forgiveness of sins, a new beginning in Jesus Christ. We thank you for families and for reminding us that we cannot do it alone. And we thank you that when we do feel alone, that you are always with us, that you have provided someone to stand with us, to hold us, and to fight with us, and to work with us. Thank you, God, for your incredible mercies and grace shining especially brightly through these incredible women in our society. So, Lord... May you nurture their faith. May you deepen their devotion and love for you. May you give them a courage that, this, that they need, especially in, for such a time as this. And may we see generations after generations following after them as a mentor, men and women, to follow you, Jesus Christ, for your glory. May that be the church. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all now and forevermore. Amen.